This episode of Super Boothers is brought to you by Photo Booth Startup, giving you the ultimate photo booth at an affordable price. Specializing in ring light booths, whether you're just starting out or adding some to your fleet, Photo Booth Startup can help. Visit their website at photoboothstartup.com. Welcome to Super Boothers. My name is Ryan. And I'm Ismail. I was listening to old episodes, and there was one where it was, uh, I think it was the drop-off photo booth episode, which is like somewhere in the 40s, and you were like singing your name, and it was like a fun episode, and we don't have that anymore. <laughs> you were listening to old episodes? What happened there? Uh, so... Um, it was brought to my attention that I made a joke about my grandmother on on that episode, and I don't remember what the, what the joke was. And pretty much what the joke was is, oh, I remember that. I, was, I need to put my grandmother to work. I was cracking <laughs> up. That was probably it the was, funniest moment of all the episodes. <laughs> you know, I, I I think I think I imagine one day of me like listening to everything all over again, and it, it won't happen anytime soon. But um, it was nice to go ahead and listen to that episode again, just because we kind of forget a little bit about. You know, we forget about where we've been a little bit and and where we are now. Um, but anyways, I thought that was such, such, such a cute moment. We still have fun, all right? I just can't do it every episode. I got to keep you in your toes. I just – every 25 <laughs> or so, I'll throw that in there. Well, what I really appreciate about that episode is I forgot about – so that was uh, the event that I did where I was sick. And I drove out to like the middle of nowhere to go do this. Well, it wasn't the middle of nowhere. It was only Fort Worth, but – when you're in Dallas, it's practically the middle of nowhere. Um, I drove out to Fort Worth, and pretty much what I did was it was a drop-off booth that the client didn't know was a drop-off photo booth. Yep, I remember that. I got, I, I got there, and I was sick, and I was like – she goes, oh, is everyone – are you going to be here the whole event? I'm like, nope. It's entirely self-service. Have a nice night. And she's like, great, fantastic. And then she ended up booking an event the next Monday. Like it was just – Shocking to me. I, I I don't know how I get away with murder. That's how the drop offs were born, <laughs> out of necessity. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I th- everything has happened from you know mistakes or you know happy accidents or what have you. I, I can't tell you how many times like you know it's kind of like you do something. And oh, that looks cool, and you don't intend to do it, but then it ends up being a thing. You That's know? true. A lot of like great art and music all come from things like that. And even like the creation of the post-it note or I think it was penicillin or some kind of vaccine that was accidentally. Yeah. An accident. Yeah. 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 Um, me, Ryan Salinas was an accident. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) A happy happy one. A happy one. Good. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) why don't we, why don't we do that Um, on a different episode? Okay. (laughs) Any, any, moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, so with this being our hundredth episode, uh, we were kind of think. I, I was thinking rather. I haven't exactly vocalized this to Ismail, but at the moment, do you remember what you asked me whenever we first started doing this? You asked me. You were saying something along the lines of like, "Well, what's the biggest event you've done?" Or what's the biggest event you would want to do? Do you remember this? I 
probably asked both, and I think you said Super Bowl, and you wanted to do Oprah, which you did do. I and very shortly thereafter, um, I I it's weird how I just kind of like put it out there and vocalize it and then it actually happened. Um, however, I go through these moments of not, it's just more of like a creative depression. And actually I posted about this on our Facebook group about, you know, different things that can happen or different things that are okay to happen whenever, you know, you are a creative going through some sort of like creative depression. Do you ever go through that? Well, I don't really consider myself a creative mm-hmm. person, so clearly, I've seen. I don't think I go through it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fashion, okay? It's different. No, it's um, not. I don't that, know if I go through the message. That's the thing way. is, clothes are ways for you to express yourself as well. But for example, for me, creative, I like to come up with creative business ideas and solutions in that way. But the creative that you're probably talking about is more of like design and art and. I feel like it's a little different. So I'm not saying that I'm not creative. I just feel like I'm creative in a different way. Sure, but that's so I go th- I go through rut as well, but it's not really a creative depression. I think you I think you're going to something different. Yeah. So I I put on our Facebook page uh, reminders for the anxious slash depressed creatives, and this is a thing, and this is this is very very real because everyone really does go through this, and that's something that not a lot of people talk about that I wish people did. Um, so a couple of the bullet points are on here is you're more than what you make. Your productivity does not determine your value. It's okay to do nothing. Sometimes not everything you do has to result in a product. Not everything you make has to be important, significant, or even good. You can make things just for yourself. You can keep secrets to yourself, whether it's not posting some of your projects or not sharing your techniques. You're allowed to say no, and you're allowed to rest. And that is something that I think that creative people really do get beat up on a lot is, well, you sleep till noon. Well, yeah, but I'm up until, you know, five, six in the morning working just because that's my time, you know? And I read I read another thing about, uh, like, there's a thing that's, was saying how like CEOs don't sleep in. You're probably right because they're running Fortune, you know, 100 companies. But we do small business. That's that's what we do, and I think we're allowed to do that a little bit because for the most part, most of us will not become Fortune 100 CEOs. Well, they also have the ability to delegate a lot of the work that a lot of the creative people do. So yeah, you give me a couple billion dollar budget, see what I can do. <laughs> I think that. Um, it's it's important. You got to listen to your body, right? So if you need to sleep in, you got to sleep in. Your body's telling you that you're exhausted. Like I am so tired lately. I've got so much going on. I feel exhausted. Like it's been a few days okay. now. And that's exactly, that's my body telling me that I need to rest. And I keep trying not to and keep going. And eventually that ends up in a bad place. But one of the things that you mentioned in that list that I think is important, but very difficult was, uh, not everything you have to – not everything you make has to be good. Yes. I feel like that's really hard but also very important. Like everyone wants to make good things and you don't want to put out things that are beneath your standards. But not everything has to be like a Mona Lisa, right? Well, and that that's another thing is that you are doing things that get you to the next step. So just because one through eight isn't great, you could change something to make number nine and ten even 10 times more amazing than what the others were. But you wouldn't have gotten to that point had you not done 
any of like the trial and error prior to. That's such a great point. And it's really hard to articulate it, but there's been so many instances in my life where you're kind of like bumbling around, bumbling around, and you feel like, my God, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. I'm getting depressed. And then you end up ending somewhere or doing something that would never have happened if it wasn't for all that bumbling around. For sure. It's just hard to remember that in the moment where you're anxious and depressed and trying to make something happen. You don't realize that you're getting somewhere because you don't see that yet. Only in hindsight do you see it. And I agree with you that this is something that people should talk about more. And I have friends that I see go through depre- like severe depression. And people that see that, you should reach out to those people and try to be a, a supportive friend. Because I, I always bring up the example of Abraham Lincoln. You know, he's considered by many to be the greatest president of all time. Uh, excuse and me, Reagan. <laughs> I'm just saying he's considered by many, right? He's considered by many. That doesn't mean that he is, but a lot of people think he's up there. And he went through like severe bouts of depression where he was bedridden for weeks. Like imagine the president of the United States going missing for two weeks in bed depressed. Like didn't like Theodore Roosevelt just like up and leave and just like go hiking in like Arizona. Exactly. For weeks at a time. Yeah. So it's harder to do that nowadays, but Back then, those guys knew that they had to... Well, he still goes to Mar-a-Lago for a little bit. <laughs> but, but that's important, right? The last point in your list was to rest. Right? Yeah. So people need... And everyone's different. Maybe the CEO of Apple doesn't need to rest more than three hours a night. But you know what? I do. And you have to just listen to your body and make sure you're taking care of yourself. Tim Apple? Sorry, this is going <laughs> south. <laughs> I'm allowed one reference and I'm Marty on three. <laughs> yes, Mr. Tim Apple. Yes. Um, so that that's just a thing that I think that everyone needs to be very cognizant of is you go at your own pace pretty much. Like I think that there are times where for me I have to like clean my office and like sit down before I can actually like work, work, work. And sometimes that's not always possible. If you look around right now, it's, the place is a disaster. Um However, I do think that it's also important just to make sure that you're still doing things because whenever you're creating stuff, that's your instrument. That's what we do. That is that is what sets us apart from everyone else. Um, just this past week, uh, I did an event where I did a taxi a taxi cab, and the museum that we're doing it for, uh, they are giving away a vintage Chrysler New Yorker taxi and it's super cool and they wanted to kind of promote that online so what i did was is i don't want to i didn't want to put people literally in a taxi but i wouldn't mind doing it in a cartoon version and we did it for a free family day at the museum and i was like you know what let's do a cartoon i think that'll work so i did uh, an animated green screen background of just kind of clouds moving and i did an overlay of uh a taxi with like a cute like little windshield and a little steering wheel and it was the coolest thing ever and like it just really worked out for me but it took me like three or four days to kind of get to that point to plan like in my head okay this is what i want to do i think but i don't know how i want it to look but i also that's just my process is i need to take the time and like go out and like maybe i'll come across um you know, actually, truthfully, mall visuals is kind of a great way for me to kind of, you know, gauge where everything's going. You can see color trends. You can see 
you know, what mediums people are using. You know, sometimes you'll see a lot of like really digital stuff. Sometimes you'll see like really like gold metallic things and you can kind of pick that out and translate that into, you know, whatever it is we do in a photo opportunity. Yeah. I think maybe sometimes the actual work doesn't take much time, but like getting to the point where you know what to and do. And figuring out what you need to do. Yeah. That's what takes the time. So, but th- again, th- and I saw the, the, um, the taxi cab thing that you did, Don't Text and Drive, that was a cool animation. But I think one of the things you and I relate from the very beginning on is that we're very hard on ourselves. And I think that leads to being someone that goes in ruts. Like it's more of an up and down roller coaster because we're so hard on ourselves. And I haven't cracked the code on how to stop that from happening. But I feel like if you're ambitious and you know what you're capable of, that you just have these high expectations of what you can do. And one thing I found very helpful, I don't know if you can relate to this, is that if I ever get to be in that big of a rut where I'm just really hard on myself and it gets bad, if I'm honest. Like I I have trouble sleeping because I'm like, oh my God, I I should be doing more. I should be doing more. Going out in nature, I find really helps put things in perspective. Like going on a walk. Like like the Bellagio or? No, not the Bellagio, like actual nature. Like gotcha, gotcha. Like the park by a lake, by a body of water with the waves, it just kind of relaxes you a bit and helps you put things into perspective. Like really, probably everyone listening to this is too blessed to be stressed. We live in a great country. We're all, I mean, I don't want to speak in absolute terms, but most of us are doing pretty okay. We want to do better. That's great. But we can't let things get to that point of anxiety because we're doing okay. That's your white privilege, Ismail. You know, that that's the thing is there's there's a lot of people in the industry that aren't. And there are some people that will, you know, just try and listen and absorb and just go in these circles because they think they're doing something wrong. I mean, I can't I can't tell you how many times here's a here's a really good example. So whenever I get in this like little rut, um my the person that I've always admired is Joan Rivers. And everyone doesn't really get that unless you kind of know Joan Rivers. Um, There was a documentary that came out about her. And one of the things that is said in the documentary by her agent is to get struck by lightning, you have to stand out in the rain. And no one can stand out in the rain longer than Joan Rivers. And and what we mean by that is just by persevering, just by trying new things. Okay, this didn't work. Well, now I need to move on to something else. You know, I'm not getting business. What do what am I doing wrong? Just the fact that you're staying in and trying to figure out what you're going to do, that in itself is something. That in itself is an accomplishment. You know, we don't get awards for what we do. You know, we don't and, – and that that's another thing is I kind of really like struggled, not with the award part a little bit, but one of my friends made a comment and I was like, you know, I've never I've never gotten like an award for anything. Like my – like all my friends have. Like they've done ILEA stuff. They've done NAY stuff. They've done, you know, MPI and Wedding MBA and they, I mean they've all – I haven't. And I was thinking to myself, well, why am I beating myself up? Because there are people that would kill – for the clients that I have, I, I, I have been doing what I've been doing and what I love for almost 15 years now. Well, that, that in itself is an accomplishment. 
it's all about how you frame things, right? So you can frame it negatively or you can frame it positively. And I think you hit it right on the head. You're doing something that you love. You don't really need to have recognition. That reminds me of um, the Grammys where Drake went on stage and he got an award. And he told everyone, hey, man, as long as you have people buying tickets, coming to listen to you sing or coming to watch your show, you're winning. Yeah. Like you're getting to do what you love. You don't need a Grammy. Yeah. It's just a piece of metal. That's. But for whatever reason, in this day and age, we put a lot of value on those things, right? So that's it, it's hard. That's I think something that I like really kind of struggle with. But then it took me a, a, a hot minute to realize. Well, no, you're you're working. I I am hired help. I recognize this. I recognize that I am paid to do you know photo stuff. Whereas. I remember a time where I, I was like struggling. I was like, gosh, I would take anything. And now it's like, well, hell, I'm not putting on my shoes for less than five grand. I mean, it's just it's just a different mentality. And I think we kind of forget every now and then, at least for me, just being doing this for so long, we forget how hungry we used to be. Um, but anyways, I have a little clip that I want to share with everyone. Um, this is from an interview with Joan Rivers and Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live. Look at you coming. We're prepared with clips and all. Look at that. Joan, I've asked a lot of people that we've had in in this um, question before. I wonder for you. Has there been a moment in your career or a um, gig that you've had that you consider looking back on it, or maybe at the time you even thought this, to be the biggest gig of your life or the biggest moment of your career where you thought, wow, this right now is... I think the biggest. Okay. Truthfully, I know one, I always think it's yet to come. Okay. That's I love re- that. About you, and come. I think that's part of what keeps you going. Yeah, right? yet to yeah. come. It's ahead. It's ahead. But the time I won my Emmy. Uh-huh. For your daytime uh, show. For my daytime show, I in our business, it was the one thing they couldn't take away from me. Mm-hmm. They can take your whole career away. They cannot take my Emmy away. Mm, and I remember when I got it. I remember yeah. when I got it. Cheers. But you know what I'm saying? I remember saying, you can't take this from me. I can pawn it, but you and, can't take and, it. And, <laughs> and for a little backstory, I think the reason that that was so poignant was you had come out of a <laughs> real career low. Your husband? Had committed suicide. I had been fired from Fox. Johnny Carson wouldn't let me back. I didn't do late night for 21 years. Not only a, late night, but you were banned all banned, over the place. Banned, because you, Carson said I, would, I, I had left him. You started yeah. from the ground up again after getting your own late night show, yeah. this huge thing, went on controversial, or some would say, wow, why is she doing this? Went back on Hollywood Squares, because you needed the money. It went back into little village clubs with 20-year-olds, and I was in my 50s. Wow. Oh, yeah, it was a rough time. Then did Hollywood Squares, then got the daytime show, and then through all that, won the Emmy, and wasn't yeah. that a moment? Yeah, and yeah. That, was the, that, was, that was a great moment. But I truly think we should all feel this way. My grandmother used to say, you should always want. Uh-huh. That was like a wish for her children. Yeah. You should always, the future should be what you want. Something wonderful is going to be there. Very good. I like that. Yeah. Very good. No, it's true. Very true. So I really think that and we talked about this briefly in whenever we talked about Herb Kelleher is just the change. There's, there should always be change. There should always be moving forward. 
I don't know much about Joan Rivers. I just hear you talk about her all the time, but just that short clip made me like her and I want to learn more about her because I picked up on a couple of little things. Like she said, 21 years, right? So she was at the top of her game and knocked down yeah. and kept going for 21 years. I mean, that is, if you, like, if you stay in the rain long enough, like you said, it's inevitable that you're going to be successful after 20. You're going to get hit by yeah. lightning. But how many people can last that long? How many years have these boothers been in business, right, that are already complaining? She just kept going. And I think I've heard this stat where the majority of businesses fail either because the founder gives up or they run out of money and the founder gives up. Sure. But basically, if you keep going, the odds of you succeeding is much higher as long as you're experimenting and trying different things and, and letting your ego at the door. Like she was doing what she said, these little clubs here and there with the younger people, half her age. She didn't care. There was no ego. You got to do the work. And if you do the work long enough, it's inevitable that you get to where you want to be. You know, um, similarly, Kathy Griffin famously posted uh, a not so nice photo of, do you know which photo I'm talking about? Yeah. For people who don't know, she had like a Donald Trump, the president, beheaded holding her holding his head in her hand something like that it it was a mask it was a mask covered in ketchup um is what it really came out to and it was meant to be editorial and meant to be not necessarily funny but i guess more ironic but anyways it got blown out of proportion um she went on uh stephen colbert and look this up on youtube because it's a great interview um she was saying how not everyone knew that she was in real trouble and not just like fake Hollywood trouble. She said there was a three-month investigation from the FBI and Secret Service, and there was, I guess, charges brought up on um, conspiracy to kill the president. I mean, it was it was a thing that went on and on and on and on. And granted, it was just because you know it was. I, I agree. It was a photo in bad taste, and you know the president tweeted about it, and of course it turns into whatever it turned into. Um, <clears throat> but it really was truthfully unnecessary tax dollars spent because, I mean, is this was not a, a direct threat. However, um, but anyways, but she goes on and say how you know within twelve hours every show that she had scheduled in the United States canceled on her. You know, I'm not saying that similarly, but, you know, there is something that probably could as detrimental that could happen to us. Um, You know, I'm not saying that there's like correlations between the two. I'm saying, however, similar circumstances could probably happen. Whereas you know, let's imagine you lose all your bookings that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to start over. Yeah, or, or you have, you know, I don't know, a fire breakout and you lose everything and you didn't have anything backed up and you don't know when your next event is. And, you know, just kind of like that kind of stuff. But still, we can have a situation where the floor is pulled out from under us. Um, Anyways, she was saying how she had to figure out what she needed to do. So she went on tour in Australia. She went on tour in Iceland. She did a tour in Europe. Um, She was kind of explaining all the other things that happened. But she she goes, I had to change my business model as a comedian. She has taken the time to buy back her previous material. So every TV show that she ever did, um, with the exception of Suddenly Susan, um, all of her specials, she now owns now. So she she realized huh. what she needed to do to figure out how to make it. Same thing happened to me. I was doing 
uh, wedding planning way back when, whenever the market tanked. Whenever the market tanked, I realized I was like, I need to change this thing up because I'm not getting booked anymore. I need to figure something out. And that's whenever I made the decision to do flowers just because with flowers, it was something that was tangible. It was something that it was an actual product. You you had to change up your business model to keep to keep afloat. And then the same thing, whenever, you know, you, I, I was saying previously, I would add a dot to my logo because my logo was three dots. You know, we did had a floral dot, a furniture dot, a lighting dot. Well, then you add a photo booth dot. Well, then, you know, you just kind of do things just to, it's, I think, really more about survival, if anything. And I don't think about, oh, all the groundbreaking things that I did. You don't, you don't think of that at the time. You just keep on going. Yeah, and that's kind of what she was saying. I always think that the best is yet to come. And she was in the later years of her life during the interview where she said that. So uh, it's, it's just people like us that are ambitious and always want to do more. That kind of hits me in the right spot. So, But yeah, it sounds like she has a very inspirational story. To me, it's crazy nowadays where like you can't say anything. Everyone's so sensitive. No, I say a lot. Like I, <laughs> I, I've literally had some friends that own businesses that deleted all their tweets like their multi years of history of tweets, just in case they said something that may be controversial and oh, can cause a problem. They, like they're going to get Lori Loughlin. It's so hard to be a comedian nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> it's much harder to be a comedian nowadays. It's really a different ball game. Everything's a problem. Everything. Everyone's taking sides on everything. Anyways, uh, so if you have a moment, take a look at Joan Rivers' documentary, A Piece of Work, and then YouTube all the stuff that we talked about. Enjoy. What? Where's that documentary before? Uh, it was on Netflix. It got pulled down. I don't think it's on Hulu anymore. I'm pretty sure it's still on iTunes somewhere. Google it. 